theyeshiva.net. Okay, please turn, open up your Lakuta Torah. It's not Torah or today, it's Lakuta Torah. To page three. Page three, which is Dav Bey's second column. Okay, so it's Mamish in the beginning. On the top it should say Vayikra. Now, don't say, not three Bishalach. It happens here that every Chumash, the numbers start over again. So you have three in different places here. You were looking for three on top, it's, page three on top it says Vayikra, not Bishalach. In other words, it's not three right in the beginning of the book, but around 20 pages later. You're looking on the top, it should say Vayikra. Huh? Vayikra Dav Beis, yeah. Vayikra Dav Beis, yeah. You're probably wondering why we went from Torah to Lakuta Torah and why the different change of names. So Torah and Lakuta Torah are both one set. Torah are many of the Maimorim, the discourses of the Balatanya on Sefer Bereshis and Shmois. So they start with Parshas Bereshis, they go to Noyach Lech and they go all the way to Vayakel. And that includes also the Yamim Toivim of that period. That would mean it includes Hanukkah, which is in Bereshis, and Purim, Maimorim Amagilis Esther, because that belongs to Bereshis and Shmois. And then all the Maimorim, beginning with Parshas Pekudeh and on, start in Lakuta Torah. So it's the last one of Shmois, and then it continues the whole Vayikra, the whole Bamidbar, and the whole Dvarim. And that also includes all the Maimorim of the holidays that are connected to that season. So that would include Pesach, and would include, of course, Shavuos, would include, of course, Rosh Hashanah, would include Yom Kippur, Sukkot, because that's all in Sefer Dvarim. And also happens to include the biggest section, which is on Shir Hashirim, which is at, also at the end of Lakuta Torah. Why was the name changed? The name was changed because of a story. The Tzamach Tzadik was the grandson of the Balatanya. He's the one who printed Torah Er in the year Tovkov Tzamach Tzadik Dalet, which means 17, uh, 18, uh, 1834, in a, in, in a printing press of a city called Kapost. A few years later, the Maskilim, the Maskilim were uh, large groups of Jews that uh, were very uh, active in Eastern Europe, uh, who tried to alter a lot of uh, a lot of syst- many systems in the Jewish world? So the Maskila made a mesira. They went to the Tsarist government and informed that many of the pr- Jewish printing presses are printing materials that are primitive. They're primitive, and they're really uh, stifling the cultural growth of the Jewish people, because everything depends on the material that kids are reading and people are reading. And they close, They managed to close most printing presses. In Russia, they managed to close most printing presses. And they wouldn't allow many, many works to be printed, including not Hasidic works. Maskilim were very bothered by those. So therefore, Torah Ur was printed, but then right after that it was closed and they could not, they cannot continue to print it. It took more than 10 years, Tafresh Ches, which is basically 1848, they left two printing presses open, one in Zhitomir in Ukraine and one in Vilna. And the Tzemach managed to print the second volume years later, Tafresh Ches, 1848. So from 1834 to 1848. And in order not to... The censors were very, very vigilant. So he changed the name from Torah to Lukut So it was a, a smoother entry. Huh? What is the Shabbat? 
Shalach. There's one Maimer from Beshalach, even though there's Beshalach in Torah Eir, that he put in, and then he starts with Kudai. You have to understand why, what happened with the, Beshalach is also in Torah, but he, he starts off with this Maimer on Beshalach, and then Kudai, and then he starts with Vayikra. Yeah. Now the reason it can get a little confusing is because every Sefer, the page numbers start again. That's why you have Vayikra Dav Beis, even though it's not Dav Beis. But this is Vayikra Dav Beis. This Maimer, since uh, we're now in the period after Purim, so it's already Shloshim Yom Kaidam Achag, 30 days before Pesach. And soon is also going to be Parshas Vayikra. So this Maimer actually deals with Parshas Vayikra, but also deals with Pesach. Pesach and Sfir Saimer and Shvuas. So I chose this Maimer now. And uh, <clears throat> this Maimer, which is, begins with the words Adam Kiyakriv Mikem, was said by the Balatanya. By Shalashudas on Shabbos Parshas Vayikra, Tofkuf Ayin Beis. Shalashudas, the third meal of Shabbos, Shabbos Vayikra, Tofkuf Ayin Beis, which would be 1812. And literally, this was his last Parshas Vayikra in this world because already a few months later, Chavdala is the next winter, he passed away. So this was the last Mimer ever said on Vayikra because it was Tofkuf Ayin Beis, and already Tofkuf Ayin Gimel was after his Estalkus, after his passing, which happened in the winter of 1812, the end of 1812, Tofkuf Ayin Gimel, Chavdal which was Parshas Shmois, Metzai Parshas Shmois. So this is uh, literally the last year of the Maimarim of the Balatanya, and uh, it's known as the Maimer Adam Kiyakriv, because it starts with the words Adam Kiyakriv. It's a very, very fundamental, uh, fundamental Maimer, as you will see. And at the end, he goes into the Pesach, because this is the season, it was set in the season of Pesach. So he starts off with the Pesach, Adam Kiyakriv Mikem V'goymer. Yeah, page three, Dav Beis, column two. You see column two. You don't see it? Let me just understand his questions. Let's just read the Pasik so we'll understand his questions clearly. The Pasik says in the beginning of, of, of Parshas Vayikra, it says, I'll just read the whole Pasik so you'll understand clearly his questions. This is how Sefer Vayikra begins. Hashem calls to Moshe and he says as follows, Tell the Jewish people. Now listen to the words. Adam, Kiyakriv Mikem, Karben Lashem, Tell the Jewish people, a human being, an Adam, a man, who will be makriv, who will offer from you a carbon tashem. So from the behemoth, from cattle, from a behemoth, from animals, from cattle, from sheep, you should offer your carbon tashem. And then starts the specifics, the specific halachas and laws of carbonus. He starts off with the carbonoila. And then he goes to other Karbonis, and thus begins Parshas Vayikra, which is Sefer HaKarbonis, where he goes into the laws of Karbonis. But this is the opening Pasuk, the introduction to the entire Parsha of sacrifices, of offerings, that begins with the words, Adam Kiyakriv Mikem Karbon Lashem, Mina Behema, Mina Boko, Mina Tsoin, Takrivu Es Asks the Balatanya, and he says, Lohavin Hecheloi Shaloi Lenoichach Adam, Kiyakriv Loshen Nister, the siyim takrivu es karbanchem loshen noichach. To understand that there is what's a very apparent grammatical problem in this pasuk. Hechiloi means begins, like we have in the Megillah, the Kibbalah Yehudim Eis Hashem. Hechelu, 
Lahavin to understand Hechiloi, the Pasik begins Shaloila Noichach Adam. It begins not Lenoichach Adam, meaning not in second person. It doesn't speak in second person. It be, speaks in Lashen Nister, means a third person. Lashen Nister means a language of concealment, meaning the language you use when the person is not here. It says, Adam ki yakriv mikem karban Lashem. So he starts off, a person ki yakriv, as he will be makriv. He's not talking to the person standing in front of him. He's talking about the theoretical person. A person ki yakriv, when he will be. Not when you will be, when he will be. That's called Lashen Nister. How does he finish the pasuk? Adam kiyakriv mikem karbon l'Hashem min abeheim and abakum and takrivu. It should have said abeheim and abakum yakrivu. They shall be makriv or yakriv. He shall be makriv. The beginning and the end should fit. Kem is already. Mikem is already. Mikem is already Yeah. But we'll soon see the problem with mikem over there. You got a bigger problem. There's going to be three problems here. Problem number one is the beginning of the Pasuk is Lashen Nister. The end of the Pasuk is Lashen Noichach, right? Lahavin Echeler, Shaloyla Noichach Adam. He starts off not in second person, Kiyakriv Lashen Nister. Visiyam, he finishes, Takrivu as Karbanchem Lashen Noichach. You should be Makriv, your carbon. Not he should be Makriv, his carbon. Or they should be Makriv, their carbon. Consistency. When you read this, if you were writing a perfect, if you ever. If you ever did writing, if you were writing a sentence, you fail. You get a big X on such a sentence. Such a sentence doesn't work. It can't work. You, you, people who are sensitive, people who are sensitive to words, people who are sensitive in language. This creates, this creates a mental confusion. For people who are not sensitive to writing, it doesn't make a difference. Let's get it over with. But people who are sensitive to writing, this is, this is, you fail your exam. Huh? My father would go crazy. <laughs> My father would go crazy from this. Loshen zocha, loshen akevan, loshen yachid, loshen rabim, loshen nista, loshen loichach. Yeah. So this pasuk, in this sense, seems very strange. Adam kiyakriv, and then suddenly I'm talking to you, takriv. That's number one. Vegam. Next, kiyakriv loshen yachid, but takriv is karban chem loshen rabim. Second problem. Who are you talking to? Are you talking about one person or are you talking about the collective community? Both work. The mitzvahs apply to individuals, the mitzvahs apply to the tzibur. But you have to decide who you're talking to. In the beginning, he's talking to one person. Adam Kiyakriv. He doesn't say, Bnei Adam Kiyakrivu, right? Or Anoshim Kiyakrivu, or Bnei Yisrael Kiyakrivu. Adam Kiyakriv means when he will be Makriv. So now finish. Adam Kiyakriv Mikem. Karbon Lashem, and Abahem, and Abakam, and Atsoin. Yakrives Karbonai. Or you want to change, so go Takrives Karboncha. But don't go from Lashen Yachit to Lashen Rabbin. Takrivu es Karbonchem in the plural. Number two. Vigam, third problem is the Havale Lamema Milas Mikem Koidem Kiyakriv. The word Mikem is a sore thumb, does not belong there. Adam kiyakriv mikem karbon l'ashem. No, the word mikem had to be before kiyakriv. It had to be Adam mikem kiyakriv. A person from among you when he will be makriv a karbon Hashem. You don't say a person when he will be makriv from among you. Even in English, you hear how strange it is? Describe the person. A person, and I don't mean a person in, in, in Timbuktu. 
a person from among this group when he will be makriv. Very nice. Adam mikem kiyakriv. Doesn't say that. When a person will be makriv, now you decided to describe the person. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready telling me the, the story, but now you go back to describe the person. Classic misplaced modifier. Yes, my yes. My father shot an elephant in his pajamas. The famous. Uh, what? My father shot an elephant in his pajamas. Very good. My father shot an elephant in his pajamas. My father in his pajamas shot an elephant. Did your father ever shoot an elephant in his pajamas? No, my mother threw me out the window a paper towel. <laughs> my mother threw me out the window a paper towel. Yes. Very good. Very good. Adam mikem kiyakriv, not Adam kiyakriv. When a person will be makriv from from you, in fact, it's, sacrifice was exactly. In fact, it indicates right. Adam kiyakriv. When a person will be makriv from you, no, no, no. You're not being makriv from you. You be makriv abeim. Adam mikem kiyakriv. Those are the three questions that the Balatanya raises in the Pasuk. Each question in itself is, of course, a very powerful question. But together, all these questions together tell you, of course, that the Pasuk is intentionally doing all these things, which you're not supposed to do in writing, in order to teach us another layer of meaning in addition to the literal layer of meaning. And, of course, his answer is not going to be in this mimer alpi technical pshat, to be able to fit it into pshat, but based on the premise that every mitzvah also applies, in addition to the concrete and physical interpretation, also applies timelessly in the human psyche and in the human soul. There's a spiritual interpretation to every mitzvah. And based on this, he's going to explain what the Pasuk is saying. Achine noidat's known... It's known that in every single person there are two souls. There's the godly soul and there's the animal soul. And this exists in every single person. Two souls, two nefashas. Now, we learned once a Maimir in Parshas Kiseitze, Kiseyena Leish Shtei Nashem Achas Ahuva Vachas Nua. A man is married to two wives; one is beloved, one is unbeloved. About the Yerusha that he has to give. There we also discussed this. The Sefer of Tanya of the Balatanya is also based on this theme. This is how he opens it up, and this is basically an idea that comes from Reb Chaim Vital. Reb Chaim Vital, who was the student of the, the primary student of the Arizal, has a sefer called Shar Hakdusha, or sometimes it's called Shar Hakdusha. He has a sefer also Eitz Chaim, and there he says that every single, every single Jew, n- no matter whom, there's no difference who, as he says, the Echad Tzadik, Echad Russia, has two souls. One soul he calls the Nefesh of Bahamas, and one soul he calls the Nefesh Alikis. When you say Nefesh. This is more than just saying every person has a Yetzir Tov and a Yetzir The Gemara says in Brachas, and of course this is in Medrash in many places, and Gemara in all places, by Yitzir Hashem Alekim, every person has a Yetzir Tov and a Yetzir Yetzir Tov means a positive Yetzir, a good inclination, a Yetzir means an evil inclination. 
Here, the distinction is far more broad and far more subtle. Namely, we don't call one good and one evil. We call one godly and one animalistic. Animals are not evil. They're just animals. They're not evil at all. They can be very cute and adorable. Some of you have pets. It says in Kabbalah, Kelev is Kuloi Lev. The word for Kelev in Hebrew is Kuloi Lev, all heart. Man's best friend, all emotion. Kelev, Kuloi Lev. It's brought in Sefer Moedayoy, one of the big Kabbalists for it. By the Meir Papirash. Kelev, Kuloi Lev. So an animal is an animal. It's not a human being. So when we say we have two souls, it means we operate on two levels of consciousness. We have a full soul, and a soul represents a full persona. A soul is not an inclination. A soul has inclinations. A soul is really a full human engine, a full human battery. A koima shlema, yeah, a full human structure. As we'll see, cognition, cognitive faculties, emotional faculties, functional faculties, an entire, an entire self. Whatever the, when you speak about self, what does the self include? Whatever the self includes. The self includes abilities for, for transcendence, for will, for passion, for cognition, for curiosity, for inquisitiveness, for inquiry, for emotions, instincts, cravings, dispositions, attachments, all types of experiences that make up the human self. What are the experiences that make up the human self? So we don't have one self. We don't have one self. We don't have one battery. We don't have one engine. We don't have one identity. We have two souls. We have two selves. In other words, we operate on two levels of consciousness. One is a divine soul, and one is an animal soul. An Efesh Alekis and an Efesh Both the levels of consciousness? Both are states, both can be levels of consciousness. Sometimes one is relegated to the subconscious layers of identity. But, so we won't feel it consciously, but there is a consciousness there. I may just not experience it. So that may happen, yes. And that depends before the mime or after the mime. <laughs> Self-awareness for each one means something else. That's the point. Self-awareness for the godly soul means one thing. And self-awareness for the animal soul means something else. Which is why self-awareness is never made of one uh, model. Self-awareness could change by the hour. For some people by the minute. Who am I? Who am I? That's a great question, right? The question of all questions. What makes me who I am? Who am I? The answer to who I am may change by the hour, may change by the day, may change by the month. Depends on which I you're in touch with. And you want to know who is the one who decides that, right? That's a good question. <laughs> you want to know who is the one who decides who I am? That's, that's a very good question. Once you realize who you are, you already know that that's not it. It's already the next level. And one doesn't know back the other back to last week. Huh? And one, get, one doesn't know the other guy. Well, as we shall see, a major purpose of life is that the two should get to know each other. The two should get to know each other. They should understand each other's perspectives. So that's the Hagdam.
Each one asks themselves. But there's a different answer. If my godly soul speaks, it has one answer to who I am. If my animal soul speaks, it has a different answer to who I am. And both are very real parts of the human identity. Both are, you can't escape either of them. I can't make believe I only have one kind. I have two, two states of consciousness, two batteries. There is a duality inherent in the human psyche. There is a dichotomy that is intrinsic to human existence. Two, 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 operating, two, systems. two operating systems, yes. Now, you know what happens to a computer? Mm-hmm. It's called crashes, right? So that's why we crash. The work is for one to understand the other, to work together, or one to override the other? That's a great question. Is the work for the two to understand each other? For the two to work in cooperation? Or for one to override the other? And the answer is, each one is, is part of the work. Depends who, when, where, how, why, and what context. Ah? That's what he's asking. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he'll discuss. This is all going to be discussed. What? They help each other. They could help each other and they can also kill each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah, that's important to understand. When you speak about the Nefesh of Bahamas, another way of defining it is, as he defines it in other places, Nefesh HaChiyunis, which we would call the biological soul. The biological soul means what we, the electricity that makes the body function. The body is a work which is a miraculous piece, so it's a miraculous machine. It's a machine that's worth knowing. knowing. You spend many, many years with this. People figure out how their cars work a little bit and how their computers work and then the most sophisticated, impressive, mind-boggling machine that ever existed, which is the body, that makes hundreds, a hundred million decisions every millisecond with your 50 trillion cells in the body working in, in, in symmetry. It's an incredible, incredible machine. And there is a soul that has this brilliance, you know, keeping it together. The nefesh achiyunis, the electricity or the spiritual vitality that we call the nefesh, that gives chius, energy, uh, direction, I'm talking physical direction, to the biological functionality of the body, that's also the nefesh of Bahamas, which basically is what we share with every animal. Every animal has the soul. Every living organism is an incredible, incredible reality, an incredible phenomenon. The bee has a nefesh, and the mosquito has a nefesh, and of course the horse has a nefesh, and the behemoth has a nefesh. And the behemoth is the generic term for all animals. That's why it's called nefesh of Bahamas. That's one function. Simply the biological functionality of the body comes from the nefesh of Bahamas. But in addition to that, the nefesh of Bahamas here is a human nefesh of Bahamas. It's a human animal. We call the homo sapien. Meaning it has unique skill, it has unique ability. It has abilities for reasoning that animals don't have. It has abilities, talents and skills. It can create, uh, it can create architecture, it can create art, it can create music, it can create poetry. That the horse in the barn can't do. 
It can create very impressive mathematical equations, very impressive equations in physics. It can create political systems. Can create universities and and uh, curriculums, which your which your which a great lioness cannot do, despite her prowess and other skills that she has. She knows how to take down a gazelle that I can't do, but. Uh, Everyone has their skill. So the Nefesh of Bahamas, and then there's of course the passions and emotions. So the Nefesh of Bahamas is uh, really the soul that in some ways we share with our, uh, <laughs> with our friends, our cousins, uh, Darwin liked to call our ancestors, but uh, he wouldn't say that of course here. But the Nefesh of Bahamas is basically the identity in many ways that we share. We're part of the zoological species. When you know the Nefesh of Bahamas, you could look at a person and say, he evolved from the apes. He evolved from the apes. In fact, sometimes his Zayda was much more impressive than him. His Elta Elta Zayda was much more impressive. Much more menschlich, much easier to deal with, certainly less harmful, etc. More predictable. Huh? More predictable, yeah. Less venomous, less hate. Uh, the soul that the Western world speaks about. That's a wonderful question. I think the problem is that they don't see it as a dichotomy. That's why they get so subplunged. Perhaps, yeah. He asked if the soul that Western uh, culture, philosophy, literature speaks of is it the Nefesh Alakis or Nefesh Bahamas? It often does not distinguish between the two which basically sometimes elevates the Nefesh Bahamas a little bit and lowers the Nefesh Elikis a lot. Mm. The distinction is important for peace. Before you make peace between the two, you have to know the differences between the two. No peace is ever created if you don't know the differences between the two. Right? You said before, there's only peace if you acknowledge there's two people, two right. parties to make peace with. Yeah, yeah. Imagine in Shalom Bayis, the way to do it is say, oh, there's no differences between you. you you're not going to have peace. It'll look, peace for a few hours, right. till the next explosion. <laughs> because you're not true, it's not a true peace. True peace always has to take into consideration what every party is. And then sometimes you have to compromise, negotiate, destroy, kill, uh, not compromise, but you have to appreciate the two sides. So the Nefesh Bahamas is, number one, the biological electricity that gives our bodies its functionality, and that is, don't underestimate what that is, because that is beyond, beyond, beyond brilliant. No computer <laughs> comes close to the brilliance of the human brain, what lay in the human brain, that little uh, jelly uh, that exists in our skull on one level. On the other level, it's all the functional capacities that it has in terms not only of giving the body life, giving it its battery, its engine, but also its abilities of intellectual abilities and emotional abilities and all that, but still the animal consciousness. Then you have a whole other consciousness, which is called the Nefesh Alakis, the divine consciousness. And both operate, both, we have two operating systems, they both exist in the human body. When, when, now he continues. Where in the body are they located? <laughs> in every spot. It's not in your finger, you can live without a finger. It's not in your feet. Well, generally, it says that... Uh, the nefesh alakis is primarily connected to the mayach, to the brain, and the nefesh bahamis is primarily connected to the lave, to the heart. Nefesh habasar bedami. The pasuk says you're not allowed to eat blood. Why? Ki nefesh habasar bedami. 
the soul of flesh is in the blood. That's not nefesh abosar. Nefesh abosar means the nefesh that makes the basar. The nefesh that gives the basar its vitality. That's called nefesh abosar. Or as the Pasuk often says, ki hadam hu nefesh. The blood is the soul. And of course, which organ is most responsible for the blood? The heart. So even though we know that the brain is of course the central, the central uh, nervous system that controls the heart, so of course the nefesh abhamas is connected to the brain very deeply. But primarily, the organ that's most connected with the godly soul is the mind, the brain, and the organ connected with the animal soul is the lave. But of course, both, both extend their reign and their empire into every fiber, into every artery, into every sinew, and, and they fight over the entire body. The Gemara says in the Dorim, There's a little city, it's called the body. It's a little city. And it's not such a little city, actually. It's a pretty big city. And the city is built brilliantly. The architecture of the city called the body is incredible. There's only one problem. And that city has two kings. It doesn't have one king. It has two kings. And each king combats and tries to control the entire city. The animal soul seeks to control the entire city. And the divine soul seeks to control the entire city. And this uh, conflict is essential to understand the human condition. And the resolution to the conflict is one of the great, great contributions of this Mimer, which sets it apart from other paths in dealing with this conflict, as we shall see. Where are the kidneys in this equation? The kidneys? In this equation. It says kidneys give advice. Kloyus No. And the spleen gives humor. And the bladder creates your moods. Okay. So you have to understand the oymek of each organ and each limb. You want to tell us about the kidneys? (laughs) The heart can't work properly without the kidneys. The heart cannot work. When the heart doesn't work, the kidneys don't work. They also bring up another term, nefesh Oh. is something else. That's the rational soul. That's actually a third soul, yeah. You need somebody, somebody in between. The referee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Dr. Kissinger was always the nefesh but... Uh, um, shuttle diplomacy. Oh, right. That's a great story. Shuttle diplomacy, yeah. Okay, Tzibislach, yeah? Tzibislach, nisht in ein moment. So he goes weiter, Asher nefer shalikis, sharsham ebchines adam. Now, to always identify something well, you have to go back to its source. You have to trace it back to its source. The nefesh alikis sharsham abchinas adam. It's rooted in a dimension which we call adam, the human. Kamashakasav. It says in Bereishis, vayivra alikim es adam b'tzalma. Hashem creates the adam b'tzalma in His image. So when we say adam is created b'tzalma, this adam is the nefesh alikis. This is the adam in the person. It's rooted in a state called adam. What's Betzalmai? Uksiv, the Pasuk says in Yecheskel, Perek Aleph, Valdmus HaKisei, 
Demus Kemare Adam. On the Demus HaKisei, on the image that Yecheskel saw of the Kisei covered, the throne of glory, he sees on top of it an image that looks like Kemare Adam Alav Melmaila, that's what the puzzle says, like the image of a person. In other words, Hashem reveals himself to the prophet Ezekiel, to the prophet Yecheskel, in the image of Mara Adam. What does it mean Hashem looks like Adam? Good question. But Yecheskel experiences the divine Kemare Adam. That's what the Pasuk says. Now, of course, what it, it doesn't mean that Yecheskel saw a physical image of a person and he said, oh, this is God. Yecheskel was a Navi and the same Torah says, isim pesel tmuna, etc. Which is a question, the image of what? The image of, of God? God doesn't have an image. What it means is that Hashem revealed Himself to Yecheskel in a way that we can call this the Shoirish of Adam, the source of the Adam, the source of the Nefesh of the Adam. The Nefesh is called Adam. The source of this is something called Mare Adam. It's a certain image that is seen as the ultimate spiritual source of the Adam down here, and that's the Shoirish of the Nefesh and that's why we say we were created, the Adam was created with Salmoi in the image of Hashem, who is Kivayachal, also Dmus Adam, Mare Adam, Alav Mamail. Vishtal Shalos Shalolamato, Adepchidus Pne Adam, Shabimarkava. And the way this soul evolves down into this world, into our body, is through the vehicle of the face of man in the Merkava. Yecheskel Hanavi, in his famous vision that he is referring to here, is known as Maisimer Kavah, the work of the chariot. Basically, he sees the image of four animals. It's the Haftarah of Shvuas, the first chapter of Yecheskel. When the Gemara says, This is the chapter of Maisimer Kavah. So Yecheskel sees the image of four animals. Pnei Adam, Pnei Arye, Pnei Shur, Pnei Nesher. The face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. And they are basically the servants that stand around the Merkava El Yoyna, the divine chariot. They are the divine chariot, which carry the chariot upon which there is a throne, upon which there is Mariyadam. That's basically the image. Which means in the Merkava you have two elements. You have, first of all, Demus Adam on the Kisei, Mara Adam Al HaKisei, the Adam that's on the Kisei, that's called Adam HaElya. And then you have, as one of the four groups of animals, you have the face of man, the face of an eagle, the face of an ox, and the face of a lion. So therefore, you have here two Adams. You have the Adam on top of the Kisya covered, and then you have the Pnei Adam as one of the four groups. So that's what he says, you have to understand. The Shoirish of the Nefesh is where in the Dmus Adam on the Kisya covered. But the way it comes down the is through the Pnei Adam, through one of the four groups of Chayas, that hold up the Kisei HaKavit. They are the chariot that hold up the Kisei HaKavit. That's the way it comes down, Lamata. That's already the next step. That's the way the Nefesh HaLakis evolves through that Pnei Adam. Where Nefesh HaBaham is the animal soul. The Nefesh HaBaham also comes from the Merkava. Also comes from the Malachim. But this comes from Pnei Shur, From the face of the bull. From the same face of the ox. That's how it evolves into our world. And therefore, one looks like a divine soul, and one looks like an animal soul. One comes from Pnei Adam, but is rooted in the Dmus Adam on the Kisya Kavit, and one is rooted in the Pnei Shur, and it comes down through the Pnei Shur, and it's taken from Shmorei Ayifanim. Basically, yes, the Rambam says that in Milchus, the Malachim have ten names and ten levels. The lowest is called Ayifanim. We say every morning, Ayifanim. 
V'chayis ha-kodesh b'raj gadol misnasim b'umas asrofen. Shmore ha-ifana means the shmorim are the... The sediments, right? Like what's left over on the bottom of the wine, the the haven, huh? The dregs, the dregs. The shmarah, I found them, the sediments, the psoilus of the malachim. That's the source of the nefesh Bahamas. It comes from there, the shmarah, I found them. It's shayrish, is the pnei shayr in the Merkava halyoyna, because as the Gemara says, shayr is melech bebehemus, the king of the behemus of domesticated animals is the bull, and the Pnei Shoyer is basically the first spiritual source for all the Nefesh Abahamases in the world, including the Nefesh Abahamas in a person. Every animal has a Nefesh Abahamas, of course, which is rooted in Pnei Shoyer, which is basically a Malach, and then it comes down into our body as a Nefesh Abahamas. The eagle and the lion, the Pnei Nesher is the source for all the birds in the world, because the eagle is the king of the birds, and the lion is the king of the Chayas, of the undomesticated animals, so the face of the lion is the spiritual source for the soul of all the Chayas in the world. And that's really what creates a different chemistry. A bird is a bird because spiritually it's rooted in a different divine energy, the energy called Pnei Nesher. <coughs> a lion is a lion, and Chayas have certain natures because they're rooted in Pnei Arye. And all behemoths have certain common natures because they're rooted in Pnei Sher. And our behemoth is also rooted in Pnei Sher. Although, our behemoth also Nefer Shabahamas. So what the Shemar Refanim is not where it's rooted, that's ready to Ishtalshalus? That's already Ishtalshalus, yeah. The He's speaking here everything on two levels. The original Shairish, and then Nilkecha means how it evolves, where it's taken from, how it develops. The Bahamas, yes. It comes from Shmari Yafanim, but the Shairish is much higher. It's not Shmarim. Shmarim is already dregs. And this is a, a higher concept, which is Pnei This is the way Yecheskel saw it. This is what Yecheskel saw it. Through his mazolas, the way he was thinking at that moment. It's possible that every day is different, everybody sees it different. Same, but this was a, this was a, yeah, a, yeah. The Tachlis, you read this on the Shamaloy Lamaza, who could they levade Nefesh Abahamas, Lias, Bepchinis, Eskafi, Vesapch. The purpose of the Neshama, meaning the Nefesh Elikis, coming down into this world is to be Mavar, which means to refine, Mavar from the word Borer, Borer, to refine the animal soul in two states, the state of Eskafi and the state of Eshapch. In other words, don't think that the coexistence of these two souls is just a random uh, mutation. It's an error. But rather, there's a whole purpose that the Neshama came down into this world in order to deal with the Nefesh Bahamas, to refine it, to elevate it, to sublimate it. And there's two states, Iskafia and Ishapch. Iskafia means subjugation, from the word Koife, Koife Noise, and Ishapch means transformation. One is basically discipline, to discipline the animal soul, and one is to transform the animal soul. That's a whole different process. So you ask, is the purpose coexistence? Is the purpose subjugation? Is the purpose peace? There's two states in the process of refinement. Generally two. One is iskafi, which is discipline, and one is ishapcha, which is transformation. This happens through the divine soul which encloses itself in the animal soul. And this hislapshus is critical. Hislapshus means that the two become tucked into each other. They don't live in separate planets. It's not like the godly soul lives in one part of your body, the animal soul lives in another body, part of the body, and they meet for a conference once a year. 
No, the nefesh shalikis is mislabeshes in the nefesh shabamas. Mislabeshes literally means like you have a lavush. You get dressed in something, and that thing encompasses you. And when you look at yourself, what do you see? You only see your lavush. I don't see what's inside your lavush. All I see is your garment. In fact, sometimes you can mistake and think there's nothing outside of the garment. There's nothing in. Actually, there's nothing inside of the garment. <coughs> An empty suit. Huh? An empty suit. Yeah. Yeah. A wax museum, yeah? All dressed beautifully, but there's nothing inside. So the Nefesh kiss is dressed, it's malubish in the Nefesh Bahamas. It's tucked into it. But remember, here we're not dealing with, dealing with two physical entities where I'm dressed into something else. When you say here dressed and clothed, it means it's experienced through the animal soul and in the animal soul. Why? Because in order to think about life or to do anything with life, you have to use your mind, you have to think. You have to feel, you have to experience. Our biological life is our animal soul. So there's no experience of the divine soul without the vehicle, without the venue of the animal soul. This means that the divine soul is forced not only to live with the animal soul, but to be completely connected and integrated with it. So this is a marriage that's a very com- it's the most complicated marriage in the world. You think you have a complicated marriage? It pales in comparison to the marriage of the two souls. Because remember, when it comes to a literal marriage, you could run away 5.30 in the morning and then come back 7 o'clock at night. When it comes to the animal soul and the godly soul, there's no running. You take them both with you. They're together. They're, and they're together for life. So you, I can't cut out one and say, you're not part of my life. Because if you're not part of my life, then I can't have the other one. They work together. They have to work together. That's why he says the purpose is that the nefesh alakis needs to go into the world of the nefesh Bahamas, understand its language, talk to it, and communicate to it. So he says, "Aidei nefesh alakis amislabeches bo." It comes enclosed in it. And then the nefesh alakis goes through a state of his bainus, which means mindfulness. In Hashem Echad, in the oneness of God, especially during Kriya Shema, when it says Shema Yisrael, the Mishnah says in Brachas, with two bases, with all your heart, means with both Yitzarecha. He says that the nefer, this is the work with the animal soul. Yitzarecha means I can't work only with my God, I have to work with my animal soul. How do I do that? Because Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, represents the mindful consciousness of the divine soul, but it's enclosed in the animal soul. In other words, it explains the concepts of the animal soul. When it explains the concepts of the animal soul, now you can have the next step. If you don't have the first step, that the nefesh alakis is talking, is negotiating, is explaining things to the animal soul, you can't get to the step of after So even though you distinguish between Yetzirah and Yetzirah Tov, here it sounds like he's using Shnei Tzar Echa in the sense of Nefesh Bahamas. Yes, perfect. Yetzer Toiv and Yetzer Hara are associated with Nefesh Alakis and Nefesh Bahamas, but not limited to them. In, uh, what, uh, again, they're associated with them, but they're aspects of them. One of the aspects of the Nefesh Alakis is called Yetzer Toiv. One of the aspects of the Nefesh Bahamas is called Yetzer Hara. So Yetzer Toiv and Yetzer Hara are very authentic <coughs> descriptions, but they tell you a part of the picture. The Nefesh Alakis is like a. It's 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 a lo- it's a soul that encompasses a lot of dimensions. Yetzer Toiv is one of its uh, one of the branches of the bank, one of its franchises. So really, they're separate. Both souls have both. Yeah. No, like there would be a, a Yetzer Toiv and a Yetzer Hara within each Nefesh Bahamas. No, no. Why 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 do we have to go there? 
I'm just saying that if each one is a completely separate thing, then they would each contain aspects of everything. Ah, you want to know how they could communicate? That's a good question, we'll see. You want to know how they could communicate if they're such strangers? That's a good question. But they could communicate. He's saying that each one is a separate thing. Like they're completely separate, but they're completely connected. So yes. within each one is aspects of everything. Either, um, oh, generally, Bechlam in life, yeah. Everything is... Yeah. We're all connected. New York Telephone, right? So there would be no Yitzhar within the Nefesh. I wouldn't see be so dramatic. No, we don't have to be so dramatic about everything. So what you said last week that a person doesn't refer to, to, to his own name over here, that's not true. Because one talks to the other, Nucham, how you doing? Nucham, how you doing? Okay. When you get down to that, yeah. <laughs> the Nefesh Abahamas of Nucham, how you doing? Yeah. Or the Nefesh Alakis, how you doing? Depends who does the main speaking by you. That depends. Mrs. Fried. Huh? So we began discussing that uh, every person has two souls, and we operate on two levels of consciousness. One is the animal consciousness, the Nefesh Bahamas, and one is the divine or transcendental consciousness, the Nefesh Alakis. As a result of this, we don't have one personality, so to speak, we have minimum two personalities. Some of us have more than two personalities, but minimum two personalities. What do we mean two personalities? Two really, two sources of life, two batteries. Two very different visions of life. And they make us tick in different ways. In other words, when you're having thoughts, you can identify and ask a question. Are these thoughts coming from your Nefesh Bahamas or coming from your Nefesh HaLakis? When you're behaving in a certain way, you could look in the mirror and say, is this a behavior of the Nefesh Bahamas? Is this a behavior of the Nefesh HaLakis? You're having a particular attitude or a particular emotion, whether it's an f- emotion of fear or an emotion of hate or an emotion of jealousy. And one, once you learn this process and you learn about these two souls, you could begin to identify and say, this is my Nefesh Bahamas now on display in its full grandeur. <laughs> It's full, ferocious, animal, and beastly uh, power. Fully on display. But all processes of change begin with identification. If I don't identify, then I live in a confusion. The, fir- the first process is to identify... Huh? Even depression, yeah. The, the very identification that it comes from the Nefesh Bahamas, number one, it tells you that it's not all of you. It's not, it's not the complete description of who you are. Number one. In other words, there's a deeper self that I still have to get to. That's a very empowering idea. So even though I have this terrible anxiety or terrible depression or terrible envy, right, or hate or anger or shame or whatever it may be, these attitudes or these emotions or this craving, a crazy, a crazy taiva for something, I could say, yeah, this is my Nefesh Bahamas on display. It's not all of me. This is not the 100% totality of who I am. That's number one. 
Number two, even deeper and equally important is, I don't have to judge it. That may be equally significant. Number one, it's not all of me. Number two, I could also let it be. I don't have to judge it. I'm afraid that if this is all of me, so this is this is who I am, really, that's it? So then paradoxically, I become more obsessed with it. When I say, yes, this is a human being, a human being has an animal consciousness, and you know what? Animals get very scared. Animals get very, very scared, you know? You don't give your dog what it wants. It gets very, very anxious. And the dog has a very small, narrow vision of what it wants. It's, it's, it's very clear. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, 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 that's what's happening right now. Uh, your dog in Pittsburgh. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you remember, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it has a very, uh, this is what I need right now, and if not, life life is over. So the ability for me to be able to say, this is my Nefesh Bahamas, I don't have to judge it, meaning I don't have to, uh, what do I mean I have to judge? Not to judge doesn't mean I have to do everything it says, no. But it means, okay, this is that voice in me, and it's part It's part of what it is to be a human being. Also, once you identify it, you can decide that's number three. That's point three. Point three is once you identify, you now you can ask a question. Which self do you want should sit at the steering wheel? Which self do you want should rule your life, should dominate, should make the decisions? That's what you mean. You can make that distinction. But because even, the, even before you get there, just knowing that you have, that's, that's tremendously comforting and empowering. Knowing that it doesn't define you is, right. is a tremendous case in right. and of itself. Point one, yeah. That that doesn't define you exclusively. Yeah. Can you say that the nefesh kiss is also not who I am only? <coughs> the nefesh kiss is, uh, I would say, is um, is a core being. The nefesh Bahamas, but but you're right. There's also a nefesh Bahamas. They're both very true. Did I understand your question? Yeah, yeah. I, I They're guess, both true. Is, it, is, is the Nefesh kiss me and the Nefesh Bahamas kind of... Uh, Visiting? Uh, I, I mean, is it somewhat of a distortion? Is it... Is it, is it, is it ingredient to make you live? The word distortion I would not use here. It's real. It's real. The word... In, in, in the true, true, true reality of Einoid Mulvada, it's a distortion. But, but to use that word undermines what we're talking about. Because... Now I'm telling myself, okay, I'm a distorted person. You're not a distorted person. This is like part of the plan of existence. So yes, it, it, the sense is we're all distorted. The world is distorted. Yeah. It's a like you makes said, you up to be a human being. It's not exactly. Said, That's what makes us who we are. The nefesh kiss is the pnimius of the person. It's a core. Yeah, it's it's it's. Are they both operating systems? Is that Yeah, two operating systems. Yeah. Yeah, but if you work through Atmos, then the nerves of Atmos is going to be bottled. No, it's going to go. Not bottled, transformed. Transformed. Yeah. So if you can tune into that place, yeah. You're right. But if you skip, if you jump ahead of yourself, you end up with nothing. You're right, in the ultimate sense. In the ultimate, ultimate sense, there becomes complete synchronization. And this takes over. 
But if you don't recognize the conflict, you can't get to that place. You understand why? You first have to give respect to everyone's voice and understand what they're saying. No, I don't mean respect. Respect doesn't mean I worship it or even follow it. Respect means I know it for what it is. I don't. I don't repress it, deny it, make believe. I'm a saint, and I have to be a saint, and so forth. That's also true. That's also true. Can you give an example of Nefesh Bahamas? I mean, a drive? Anybody wants to give an example of their Nefesh Bahamas? We're looking for examples. Anybody got a The desire, the need to procreate, just to eat, to be sheltered and safe, the things that you've spoken about. That's actually benign, yeah. So so it, it's, it could be something that... I would like to go to sleep. We're done with the cheesecake. <laughs> you know, the, the, the we, idea, we're off to sushi. You want to <laughs> tonight is the Beast Barbecue opens tonight. It's tonight that the opening of the Beast Barbecue. There's the Nefesh Bahamas. You want to know if Laini Hanukkah comes to the Nefesh Bahamas? That's a good question. That's a good question. You mean that he's the chazan? He doesn't mind being the chazan. You dafka want him not to show up to show for Baruch and then everybody will be happy? So uh, when Rivka, when Rivka comes, when Rivka uh, becomes pregnant, it says in Parshas told us, she has a very tumultuous pregnancy. Rashi says it's not just that the pregnancy was difficult; it's that she felt something so strange. Yaakov was gravitating to the the yeshivas of Shem and Aver, and Esav was gravitating to. Uh, to pagan ashrams in, in, in yeshiva they told us to kirches, to churches so I once asked, I said I think Christianity happened after Esau <laughs> right, but that was that a, not a good question um, so the word is not kirches, the word is pagan ashrams or whatever they had whatever they had over there in Mesopotamia, in northern Iraq I don't know exactly what they worship pagan centers, huh? temples, temples very good so, uh, so, so Rivka is very, very perturbed, and her responses th- consists of three words, and it seems a little uh, dramatic. Why am I? It's a difficult pregnancy, and that translates into the question of why am I? So she goes to seek Hashem. She responds, there are two nations in your womb, and two civilizations will depart from your innards. And when one gains, when one gains strength, the other one will weaken. And when one gains strength, the other one will weaken. In other words, one will become strong from defeating the other one. As the Gemara says. 
And Rivka is content. Rivka is content. What made her content? What was bothering her? And what made her content? If the pregnancy was difficult, so he tells her, okay, you have two nations in your womb. Okay. So now she wasn't nauseous anymore. She was probably still nauseous. So she understood why. There's two nations. But even if the two are gravitating, Chazal said they're gravitating to different places. So there's two nations in you. So why is Rivka still not upset? There's still a fetus gravitating to another place. On a spiritual level, it says in Tanya that this Pasuk, which represents the two souls. You see, we all feel what Rivka felt. Okay, she felt it maybe in a more dramatic way, but everyone has the Yisraelites. That's the duality we talk about. People can one day be extremely selfless, noble, idealistic, and the same person a day later is one of the most selfish, obnoxious beasts you will ever encounter. You look at yourself, your relationships with people, your relationships with God, your relationships with your children, relationships with your spouse, your relationships in business, your relationships internally vis-a-vis yourself. And you ask a question, why am I? The question makes a lot of sense. It's more than who am I. It's why am I. More than who am I, why am I? And the response is, the first thing is, relax. <laughs> You're asking, why am I? Basically, there's no I. There's not even an I. I don't even know who I am. I don't even know who I am. There's nothing that's real in me. One day it's this, one day it's this. The answer is no. There's two nations inside of you. Two civilizations, two souls, two consciousnesses, two operating systems with two different visions. And each one has its turn. Sometimes one never has its turn. It's just relegated to the subconscious sellers of your psyche. But very often they fluctuate. Sometimes one reigns supreme for a month or for a year or for ten years, and the other one is sitting in the basement and crying for, uh, for, for attention. And when a soul is crying for attention because it's hungry, it becomes grouchy. And a lot of the emptiness and the void that people feel in their life is because one of their souls is completely repressed. is completely uh, dormant. And when people feel that part of themselves, it's very, very difficult to deal with if you're not feeding it. And then when the godly soul emerges, there's a whole different identity. So the Shnei Goyim Bebitnech tells us, don't delegitimize your moments of nobility and idealism, just because there are moments of grotesque, immoral promiscuity. Both are very genuine expressions of the human psyche, and one does not cancel out the other. One does not say that the other one is complete false and vanity. On the contrary, each one has its melucha. And what it means is that there is an inherent struggle. There is an inherent struggle between these two souls. So the struggle is inherent to the human dichotomy, and both of them are very real, r- real and true. In, but in the story of Yaakov and Esau, weren't they more of two opposing viewpoints? But in 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 the case of, in our case of the Nefashas, they're more of a, of assistant devices. Well, they could be. Yaakov and Esau had the potential of being perfectly symmetrical brothers with different roles. By Yigdalu Hanarim, 
Is that what comfort is that what comforted Rivka that they that they Look, what comforted Rivka is the notion that each one has its legitimate space and one doesn't cancel out the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in in, in 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 reality, what happened is the two brothers grew apart, very apart, which often happens in our lives as well. The two brothers grow apart. So he says here that the purpose why the neshama came into this world was levarer nefesh Bahamas to literally work with the nefesh Bahamas to to train it, to to refine it, to educate it, to work with it. So this brings us to a fourth step now. Okay, you, you're with us? He asked, what do you gain by this, by this knowledge? Number one, to be able to identify and to know that it's not all of you. That's a tremendous idea. Number two, I don't have to judge. I understand where it comes from, right? And I, I, I appreciate it. Number three, I can make a choice. I can make a choice. Number four and this is extremely valuable, is I come to realize that this is part of my purpose. Part of my purpose is to deal. I, was, I am married to this second soul. My two souls got married to each other because they, they're here to help each other. So you're like so upset about this voice. Instead of getting upset, why don't you just get to work? Instead of... Cultivate it. Cultivate the opportunity that, that exists here. Cultivate opportunity. And this is really the beginning of, of real transformation happens. You know how uh, often couples, they get upset about the same things for 30, 40 years? And it's just like a knee-jerk reaction. Here she goes again. Here he goes again. They don't even have to say it. It's like, it's like that, familiar, that familiar face, you know. Oh, here, here, here she goes again. It's like, you know... And everyone puts on the gear and they get into, uh, you know, they get into the mode of either offensive, defensive, isolation, aggression, go to sleep, run away from the house, it's time for mincha, whatever, whatever the mode is, I have to go to the Bashir, whatever the mode is, but it's like, you know, round up the usual suspects, here we go again. It's that, going into that space, which essentially is a very profound form of victimhood. We are essential victims to that process, and we're just used to, we're familiar with the victimhood process. It's interesting, all the people here who are married are smiling, and the people that are Bahram don't know what I'm talking about, so may it remain that way. Reagan also said that about Jimmy Carter in the election, there he goes again, that was like the defining moment. <laughs> there he goes again, right. It's a societal issue, that's exactly what's happening today in society, with the whole concept of the victimhood and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we just go and go go into that place. But there's really there's really what what if you could look at it differently? What if you could tell yourself, yeah, that part of my purpose in life is to be able to work this through. To be able actually to look at it, not run away, understand where it's coming from, see where the distortion happens in it and in me and my response to it, and grow from this experience. What is the reason that this is the purpose? 
Well, in the case of the example I gave, because you happen to be married to this person for fifty years, it may be a good idea. Understand yeah. what that is. So you don't understand. have to put on unif- You don't have to put on your uh, army uniforms every time when it happens again. Understand that. And fight understand. or flight. What is the reason for? And in this case, it's because you can't even get divorced if you want to. Nefesh alikis and nefesh Bahamas. It's not just to achieve greatness. This is the tachlis yiridus haneshama loylam hazad. This is the tachlis of yiridus haneshama. To be able to uh, to identify the language of the animal soul and to work with it, to refine it, to be mevarer it. That's fine. To understand that I don't understand is the beginning. To understand that I don't understand is the beginning. So now let's continue. The, the key conversations between the two, the Abalatanya always believed was his bainanus. His bainanus meant mindful contemplation, mindful awareness to the point where you can explain things to the animal soul and he always felt that davening is a primary time for that conversation between the godly soul and the animal soul really davening is a conversation the reason davening is verbal is not just so it shouldn't be that boring for people so they say the words loud the reason davening is verbal is because you're really having a conversation you're having a conversation with God and you're also having a conversation with your animal soul. You're having a conversation with yourself, which of course are always the most interesting conversations. And the conversations has different peaks. We'll see different parts of the conversation. Is, is Nefesh Bahamas all things physical? Also. Oh, oh, it's not only? No. What else is it? Nefesh Bahamas could have spiritual moments also. Art and music, sometimes deeper. Oh, but it's still a physical... Well, you want to even, it's the soul responsible for physical life. Yeah, that's what you mean. It's the soul responsible for physical life, no question. That's what I'm saying. It's not just about physical stuff. Right, I don't mean tangible. It's, mean, an, it's a soul with all the faculties of a soul intellectual capacity, emotional capacity, functional capacity, <coughs> attitudes, perspectives, emotions, dispositions, cravings, like a real animal. And we don't, we, today a little more, we know we never really pay tribute to the personality of animals. I get to, I don't know if the word personality could be applied to animals, but certainly to the Nefesh Bahamas. You know, animals have a life, they have a real life. Modern research has shown how much of a life animals have. Animals were always seen as, you know, animals. You're an animal, you're a chai, you're a behemoth. Really, that's a very deep, to say something to somebody, you're a behemoth, although in, in class it was always, uh, when were you told you were a behemoth? It meant you're hopeless. But the truth is, it's a very deep description. Sometimes it's a compliment, you know? If, if like, a, you should tell the person, if only you would be a behemoth, you would be so much better off, you know? You would know what you're doing, you would actually be healthy, you would be self-aware. The problem is you're not a behemoth and you're not a mensch. You're stum, uh, in limbo. So a behemoth has a shtel, it has a shtel, but it's a behemoth. Of course. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes, there's a tiger and there's a puppy. He has in his house rabbits and snakes, and the kids love them. There's different types of animals. There's bnei tarbus. There's also a shir tam and a shir hamuad, right? There's cats and there's dogs. And there's people who have tigers as their pets too, or gorillas. But once in a while, the gorillas, you know, 
become gorilla, so that you have to be careful. There's a zoo inside each of us, yes. Yes, and if you could be a good zookeeper, you're good. And sometimes you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy the spectacle. People come to the zoos, they pay a lot of money just to watch the gorillas run around and uh, the monkeys climb trees and jump from one tree to another tree and uh, something very special about that. Imagine you come into a zoo and you start judging the animals. Why are you jumping? Why are you doing? Why are you doing? Right? Cut them slack. They're supposed to be animals. Again, it doesn't mean you have to go into the cage and start doing the same thing. But it means that your nefesh Bahamas is supposed to be a behemoth. That's fine. But... He's not the zookeeper. He doesn't have the steering wheel. He sits and he does it. So you learn almost to enjoy this show. What do I mean to enjoy this show? To understand this is the process. We have a zoo inside of us. And as we're going to see, we don't have one type of animal. We have many different types of Nefesh Bahamas. In other words, it's a very large zoo. It's like the Bronx Zoo. It's like the Bronx Zoo. Huh? So just because you're not an animal doesn't mean you have to judge animals. Right? Or, and the other it doesn't mean you worship them. And doesn't mean any, any instinct of an animal becomes Kaidish Kadosha. That's the process. You no, know, you do train animals. You train animals. And the Nefesh Bahamas, of course, is not an animal in the zoo. It's the animal of the human being. Yes, no, the, the animals are trained and animals can reach very great heights. In the case of the human Nefesh Bahamas, it can reach much greater heights than the animal in the zoo because it's ultimately not an animal. We're calling it, I'm just giving that as an example of part of how you deal with it. You join it by fighting it, but the fighting has an objective. It's not just about fighting it. It's not, you're not fighting it to fight it. It's like you discipline your children to fight with your kids. Is that the process? Are you supposed to fight with your kids? You never fight with your kids. If you fight with your kids, you're the kid. <laughs> you don't fight with your kids. You don't fight with your kids. Oh, forget about that. You, you, you discipline. You discipline with compassion, with empathy, with love. You also have conversations. And for the discipline to be effective, you need conversations. But there's times you have to look at your child and say, no. But the answer is no. No. They call it the N vitamin, Right? The N vitamin, the no vitamin, which is lacking today in the United States of America. Do you distribute that vitamin? Sure. The N vitamin. Okay. So, Vahaftas Hashem Alekecha Bacholavavcha Bishnei as the Mishnah says in Brachas, is because there was a conversation with the Nefesh Bahamas. Let's go inside. The line starts Yisrael Chuli, Aideza Vahafta Bacholavavcha Bishnei Yitzarecha Chuli. Before Kriyashma, the Chachamim were in two brachas before, in order for Kriyashma to be Meskayim. What do we mean to be Meskayim? To be able to endure, to be able to have a real meaning in a person's life. And here he's really addressing a big question, which is a question of the Rajbe in, in Halacha. Very interesting question. <coughs> He says it as a Derechagav, but he's really addressing the Rajbah's question. The Rajbah asks a question. The Chazal, Anshei Knesset Agdoyle, instituted Birchas HaMitzvahs. Before you do a mitzvah, you make a bracha. I don't just start checking chametz. I say, I'll be your chametz, and then I check my chametz. I don't just eat matzah, I say, I'll achilles matzah. I don't just blow shayf, I say, L'shmoyek. I don't read the Megillah, I say, I'll mikri Megillah. I'm not going to put on tefillin soon, I'm first going to say, That's not a biblical obligation, it's a rabbinic obligation. 
Biblically, there's no brachas before mitzvahs, as you know, besides birchas hatayr. However, there's something unique. Before tefillin, the brach is about tefillin. Asher It's essentially a meditation to help me go into the mode of putting on tefillin. Before I eat matzah, I'll achilles matzah. And before I read the Megillah, I light Hanukkah candles, I'll have the Knesset on Hanukkah. Before Kriya Shema, they also made brachas. What should the bracha be? Baruch Atah Hashem, Alekein, Amalachayel, Masha, Gershon, Amitzvah, Sivano, Likrei Eshma, or Al Kriya Shema, or Likrei Eshma, there's no Shliach. So Mitzvah Shabbat there's a question where you do Lamed or Al, right? Lohaniach Tfilin or Al, 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 Anachas Tfilin, Al Mitzvah Tfilin. Lechol Matzah, Al Achilles Matzah. Okay, that's a question you're showing them why sometimes this way or that way. So say, Asher Gershon, Amitzvah, Sivano, to read Kriyashma. No. What's the bracha before Kriyashma? There's two brachas before Shema. Starts off, Baruch Hashem, with And then a whole story about Malachim. A whole story about Malachim. Kaddish, Kaddish, Efanim, Chaisa, Kaddish, Mekabim, El Malachim, Shemayim, Lahakdish, Liyotzim, Baruch, Kwaid Hashem, Mekoyma, right? Then a second bracha that God loves us, Avas, Oilam, Vesem, Belebeinu, Bina, and suddenly Shema Yisrael. Now, you could say, Chazal wanted, you should talk about these things. No problem. Why are you calling it Birchus Krishna? <laughs> you want to talk about it? Talk about it. Why is it called a bracha before Shema? Two brachas before Shema and then one bracha after Shema. The same is true at night. There's two brachas before Shema and two brachas after Shema. In the morning it's one after, in the night it's two after. What's the vart? This means every bracha is there to assist you to do the mitzvah. When you understand the mitzvah of Kriya Shema, you'll understand why they had to do this bracha. And the bracha is not to do Krishna. The bracha is to talk about things that will allow you to say Shema. What's Shema? Shema is the mindful meditation where you're talking to your animal soul and explaining to it Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad so that it could be Vahaftas Hashem Alekecha Bechal that both of them can join Avas Hashem. Ah, how can you even have a conversation with your animal soul about God? So he says, for this, you have to have the brachas before Krishna, because without it, there's no Krishna. What's the vart? So here he says something very, very powerful. There's no way of subduing or conquering the spirit of the animal soul under the rulership of the divine soul only by identifying the root, the shayrish, the source of the animal soul. Shemakr chaytzva, the source from which it's uh, honed, uh, uh, hewn, carved out, chiseled out. Is mechayis hakodesh of a merkava? Is from the holy animals in the merkava of Yecheskel? Pnei Arye, the face of the lion. Pnei Shur, the face of the ox. Chuli, there's another two. Pnei Nesher, the face of the eagle, and Pnei Adam, which is not so relevant here. Mishmarm is only the the ultimate shtalshul. Right, we're talking the shayrish. Remember the shayrish. The shayrish is Pnei Shur. Ki ein hadinin nimtakin ella b'sharsham. This looks like a benign sentence, doesn't it? Because no dinim, no judgments, no negative energy can become sweetened only if you trace it back to the source. Take 150 years for society to catch on this one. 
anything that looks harsh and negative, before you give a final judgment, take it, go back all the way to the church, look where it began, and it'll become like cotton candy. It will become not nullified, sweetened. The source of anxiety and anxiousness, if you go back all the way to the Shirish, will become nimtuk. This is really the process of, today you may call it different forms of psychoanalysis, but sometimes you're having a very deep negative reaction to a particular person. And it drives you mad. And it's the source of so much conflict and contention in your spirit. And if you can have the courage to take that emotion and go back to the moment it was born, what do you think it's going to look like? What do you think it's going to look like? What is that emotion, which now is full of hate, aggression, pain, or not so much pain anymore, anguish, anger, I want to kill you, I wish you died, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it is, whatever these primal emotions are. And you judge yourself as a bad person for having them. But if you could go back all the way to the Shodesh, what do you think it's going to look like? When that emotion was born, what do you think it's going to look like? Huh? A positive desire or? Two kids playing in a sandbox. <laughs> two kids playing in a sandbox. Or a very deep longing. A very deep longing for something that the soul deserves. Right? Safety, love, wholesomeness, security, to know that I matter. How bad is that? How bad is that that you want to know that you matter? Is that such an evil thought? That's a wonderful thought. It's a true thought. You know that you matter. But now I can't recognize that anymore. I don't say, oh, I hate you, you know why? Or you make me so angry because deep down I want to know that I matter. No, it doesn't, it doesn't look like that anymore. Now it just looks like you are the worst of the worst. You are the enemy of enemies. You are the source of my misery and agony. But if you go back to the Shairish, all dinim become nimtuk. All dinim become nimtuk. Now you have, anybody wants to give, Dr. Lam, maybe you give us an example for this. Don't you do this all day? You look at the behavior of your husband, and he's acting like a jerk. And you can wonder, you can look at what you'll say to a wife is, imagine if when he was 10 years old, he didn't behave this way. What would have happened to him? So when she sees her husband behaving obnoxiously, you, you tell her when he was 10 years old, he needed to behave this way to live, to survive. Right. So it's really a very sweet, it's really a very sweet kid just trying to live. No? Can we blame somebody for that? Especially when he yes. he'd be a kid again. Huh? Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can blame somebody for that. Because... <laughs> All of us. That's why you're the cardiologist and he's the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that means that he eats all day. <laughs> no, because of course we play it. Because that's his tough kid. I mean, you, you, because he let himself be defined by that as an adult. Okay, good. Now, do you want to tell us why he's responding this way to the beautiful thing you said? I'm very sympathetic to what he said. Right. Now the work begins. You're right. You're right. He's giving into victimhood. Yes. Good. Well, he's saying he's a tough kid or tough kid. No, no. He's not 10 years old anymore. He's saying now you have to take responsibility. That's true. 
But how do you take responsibility? You don't take responsibility. One way of taking responsibility is, that would be called the skafia, is like, despite all these emotions, I will crush them and I will behave differently. But I don't deal with it. A deeper way of taking responsibility, and there are different stages for different reactions, is to go into it and take it back to its source. And then you'll see that it's really a whole different experience. And then what happens is you can search for that initial experience through different ways and you don't need this outlet anymore. The very outlet then becomes converted into a tremendous source of closeness and love. So, you want to now talk to your animal soul. The animal soul is a real animal. <laughs> it has that language. And you tell the soul, and it's like, what? Are you sugar? So he says, you can't go into that conversation. You first have to talk about the Zayda of the Nefesh of Bahamas. You have to talk about its great, great, great grandfather. Who is its great, great, great grandfather? All that, he says, that description of the Chayas HaKodesh is really why they call Chayas HaKodesh holy animals. Why are you calling them animals? <laughs> I said, when you call somebody an animal, sometimes it's a compliment. Chayas HaKodesh, they're holy Chayas, they're holy behemoths. Pnei Shor, Pnei Aryeh. Because essentially the Chaya down here has a common denominator with the Chaya up there. Both have tremendous passion. Both have tremendous fire. It's just the fire of the animal soul down here got lost in translation. The message got distorted. But the qualities are still very identical. They're reflective. So therefore, I have to talk to the Nefesh of Bahamas about who it really is. Rather than try to impose upon it my identity. That's the big difference between telling a person who they really are or telling a person who I want you to be. Telling you who I want you to be ultimately remains alien to you. Telling you who you really are. Let me tell you about the blood you have flowing in your sinews. Let me tell you, you know, you're the Lion King. You're, 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 you're a Lion King. You're not a, uh, you're not, uh, you're not a behemoth like you call yourself. You're calling yourself a behemoth. So you're really telling the Nefesh Bahamas, let me tell you about your origin, your source, your Shairish. Without that, they can't be Krishna. If I don't have that conversation with my animal soul, in other words, I have to be able to identify it and take it back all the way to its Shairish and discover that all of its passions really are deep, deep down cravings for a deep, wholesome relationship just like the Chayas HaKodesh have when they're yearning. And they say, And then you This is you talking to the animal soul here. You're telling it its own story, even though it doesn't look like it now. The story of the animal soul in my system is a very different story. It's a story of what would seem like very narrow vision, self-centeredness, um, egocentricity, just focusing on um, you know, comfort at the moment, and that's it. 
But if you get down to the nitty-gritty of it and you take it back to the Shredish, it's a whole different experience. So good luck with the conversation today. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.